the Sober Experiment podcast by Be Sober. I'm Lisa. And I'm Alex. If you're new to our podcast, Lisa and I have been best friends since high school. And after many years of getting drunk together, we decided to experiment with being sober together. You can find out more about our story by going right back to the start of season one. So we started Be Sober with a vision to connect people living a sober lifestyle to help them feel less alone and show them that you can still have fun without alcohol. Be Sober is now the only sober community that has absolutely everything you need in one place. And we believe from the bottom of our hearts that everyone who doesn't want to drink alcohol deserves to feel normal. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Alex. Can you just bear with me one second? Because oh. Olivia seems to think I've not I've finished recording the podcast and we've actually just started it. <laughs> She's That's because we've done the intro at the end and the end at the <laughs> intro and the middle in the beginning. <laughs> we are all over the place. Hi, Alex. How are you doing? I'm all right. Now I can breathe. Like So this podcast that we've recorded today, it's... Honestly, it's been amazing, but we had a right kerfuffle at the start, didn't we? Oh, I didn't like it. <laughs> no, it, it was, was a real kerfuffle because we had come into our Zoom room like we always do and we'd waited for our guest and we were on time. I was barely on time because you all know that I do. <laughs> I do run on the minutes, but I was on time. We were set up, we were waiting and we're having a little chat and then I suddenly go, hmm, you don't think our clocks going forward have affected anything because there was no guest in the waiting room. So Lisa went, oh, I'm sure this happened last year. So we had a little look and in one place it said the time was correct, but in another place on the internet this is, it said that the time wasn't correct and that it would be in another hour. So I said to Lisa, come on, let's go. We'll come back in 45 minutes and we'll try again. In the meantime, our guest... Unwilling, unwittingly or unknowingly to us, I don't even know what the word is, was apparently in our waiting room, but not in our waiting room. It was so weird. So we had this message exchange and we were at the right time. We had to come back on and then we oh my goodness, is this going to be awkward? But it wasn't. She was absolutely lovely. What an amazing guest. She was really nice and it's really nice to kind of have um, a chat about stuff that we've been talking about in within the membership really about all the breath work and you know me I like the spiritual side of things so and it's not often we get guests that and we had to we've had to do some digging to get into that spiritual side but we did and I was really happy about it so I hope you guys enjoy it as much as we did. You know, before we kind of sort of say bye-bye and move on and actually introduce the guest, I'll tell you what was really good about this guest is she hit both of us in the right place because she had loads of science knowledge and loads of spiritual knowledge, didn't she? There's a lot of science in spirituality. Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. But it was like that big, yeah. that, that's kind of bridged that gap for us. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. It was nice. Come on then, you introduce her. Okay, we've got Christina Ray and she's on a mission to help people transform their lives through breath work and taking their power back. She's an entrepreneur, a conscious content creator, a podcast host, a philanthropist. Oh, I knew I'd struggle with this word. I even practiced it like eight Come times. On, say it, say it. Philanthropist. Yes. And the founder <laughs> and CEO of Ray Rituals. <laughs> Why does it not just come out the first time though? Because you knew it wouldn't. And so you've made it not come out. You have manifested the wrongness in there. No, no. 
I'm just uh, helping other people feel better about themselves. <laughs> Here she is. Hi, Christina. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, no, we're really, really looking forward to this chat. It's quite exciting, all the work you do. And obviously, um, it's been a long time coming, this one, hasn't it? We've been waiting to connect for quite a while, so. It has. Yeah, I'm happy that we're finally connected. Us too, us too. So let's start with a little bit about you. Tell, tell us about your background and tell us about what got you into breathwork and how, and you know, j- just give us a bit of background, basically. Okay, so I, right now, I'm living in Florida. And I am originally, you know, I call myself sort of a citizen of the world because I've lived in a lot of places, but I am uh, originally from Mexico. I moved to the U.S. when I was six. And right now I am a life coach and breathwork facilitator. I've been sober for almost two years now, which I'm really proud of and excited. Yeah. And it's a big part of um, my work that I do now. And my mission is really to help people transform their lives through breath work, through reconnecting back to their bodies. And um, particularly, I work a lot with women. And breath work has been a really big part of my healing because when I got sober, I really was overwhelmed with emotions. I felt like I had been suppressing and numbing a lot of pain, a lot of emotions. Mm-hmm. And actually was like the second time I went to rehab that I was finally diagnosed. I had P- PTSD and realized that I had a lot of trauma that I hadn't dealt with. And so around that trauma, there was a lot of emotions and um, a lot of things that I really hadn't felt before. And so it was really overwhelming. So what breathwork is great for is that it takes you from that reactive state to a proactive state. And so you're able to move that kind of toxic emotional residue that lies around those traumatic experiences or things that have happened in our life or challenges and feel it fully rather than numbing it, rather than pushing it away. If you lean into it, feel it, breathe through it. And, um, and then come out on the other side. So that's kind of how I connected to breath work and it's been my experience with breath work and why I decided to make it my life's mission to help other people connect to breath work and somatic practices. Cause there's other things as well that I do. And I, I work with people on like dancing and singing and just moving the energy that gets, and even just like shaking, um, but moving the energy that just gets trapped in our body. And I think that our society and our world is really uh, like the way that it's set up is to actually continue to suppress a lot of those emotions and to kind of keep us on the hamster wheel on, you know, this in in part of this matrix, as we can call it. And um, at least in in Western medicine, they just kind of, you know, pump you full of pills. You're like, oh, I feel anxious. I'm depressed. I'm not well. Okay, we'll drink. Or even the doctors will just, you know, give you some anti-anxiety medicine or they'll you know, pills to, I'm tired. Okay, we'll take some, you know, (laughs) so they'll diagnose you with something and give you some some pills to make it better. And I feel like breath work is actually a tool. Apologies, my, my dog. (laughs) <laughs> don't, worry. don't worry i got a lot of a lot of animals in here um <laughs> them out. but yes yeah, so um oh shit, sorry <laughs> okay having a little a little moment here um it's just gonna be, just one, of breathe. Those days. <laughs> just gonna be one of those days isn't it yeah breathe. technical difficulties and about to fall over <laughs> um yeah that's the life of having dogs um anyway so yeah like i was saying basically uh, I feel like in Western medicine, they just 
you know, they really want to put a bandaid over our, your wounds. Yeah. yeah. And so for me, I was really tired of just having a bandaid um, over the wounds and I actually wanted to do the healing process. And so now my life is devoted to helping women and helping people really go deeper, get to the root cause of those problems and actually heal rather than just putting another bandaid on it and telling people yeah. to just like get back to work and basically mm-hmm. suck it up, take a pill and feel better. So that's uh, yeah, a big summary of like what I'm doing, who I am that, right now and my, my mission. That was interesting. I saw Lisa's little smile when you said about the Matrix. I saw that because it is very much like that, isn't it? That you, that was that was a little in of like, aha, she thinks it's the Matrix. <laughs> Listen, I'm telling you, when you've done a good breathwork session, you realise that we are in the Matrix. <laughs> um, I, I want to ask yeah. you, Christina, like, what was it like the first time that you did it? Because I want our listeners to understand a little bit more about breathwork because I never did. I've heard breathwork and like many people, it's like, we all know how to breathe, do we? (laughs) Um, And then, and I've watched kind of clips on Instagram and social media and I've seen people like with the body shaking and shouting out certain things and, and it can be quite daunting for people that have never experienced it before. So firstly, what I do want to ask you is what was your first experience of breath work like um well I think something that's really important to clarify is that there's so many different types of breath work there's like the more advanced breath work journeys and practices that can be really intense and then there's a really simple very approachable kind of beginner's breath work that you can do that are literally like you know one to two minute practices on my platform ray rituals which is actually you can check on rayrituals.com i have all types of breath work practices and the, I'm like, when is the first time I did it? I can even just a simple breathwork practice. I don't know if I can even, I think the first time maybe I did a simple breathwork practice would be in yoga, you know, and just, just breathing. And I think that's a lot of people's maybe first time connecting to it. Uh, Cause yoga is more mainstream perhaps now yeah. and breathwork is becoming more mainstream, but yeah. in yoga, we do a lot of breathing. So even like a pranayama breath, um, just, you know, a couple of minutes of just deep breathing, I think is the most common where you do uh, a longer exhale than an inhale. Um, and so there's different kinds of breathing. So there's like a relaxing breathing, balancing breathing and activating. So you can either kind of bring your nervous system down to sort of relax the body or you can activate it to energize. And this um, you know triggers different effects within the body, within our nervous system, within our emotional states. So depending on, you know, what you're trying to do, it's really powerful because you can, people don't realize, but you can actually control, um, you can lower your blood pressure, you can control your heart rate, and this controls your emotions. So that's why it's really amazing because somebody's having a panic attack or you're all of a sudden feeling engulfed with rage, you can take a moment and breathe and it really brings you back into a controlled state. So you can actually retake, like take your power back, you know, you're actually getting back in control of those emotions. And so people are like, you're going to teach me how to breathe. You know, as you just said, it's like, well, breathing is easy. But when I first, uh, I think the first thing that you do um, and something that I realized too, when I first started is you can take your hand and just, you know, put it on your chest and put it on your stomach. I'm doing it. And just breathe, you know. Don't even try to do anything different than normal. Just breathe. And it's interesting to see, first of all, this is called breath watching. 
where are you breathing into? Are you breathing into your chest or are you breathing into your stomach? And you can see which part of your body is rising. And then you start to notice the pace. And so are you breathing rapidly? Are you breathing deep breaths? Are they shallow? And so a lot of people that deep, like when I, my experience was when I first noticed my breath and started watching it, I realized that I was breathing really rapidly and shallow breaths into my chest. And so that's actually a sign of being in a traumatic state. And so a lot of people get stuck in a um, survival state and a traumatic response. And so this keeps us really stressed and anxious all the time and never able, never able to fully relax. So when you realize that and you actually practice a relaxed breath work, you have a huge release and you're like, wow, <laughs> your whole body just relaxes. Yeah. Um, so it's really important to actually just the first step, notice your breath and become aware of it. So then you know actually what you can do. That's really interesting. You know, when I, when I was a kid, which is like a long time ago, 30 something years ago, let's say I had singing lessons. And one of the things that she used to do was get you to breathe with your diaphragm and your abdomen instead of breathing into your chest. And just when you've said this now, as I've got older, what I've realized is that unless I'm singing, I don't do it. I breathe in my chest. So that's crazy. Yeah. And I do. And I do. I definitely do breathe too quickly. Breathe mm -hmm. into my chest. And and you're right, with that kind of raised elevation in breath, you've got the raised elevation in heart, so therefore you've got loads of stress hormones floating around your body as well. Exactly, yeah. But Why it's do interesting you think to it see. Helps? Oh, sorry, go on. Oh, no, it's okay. I was just going to mention it's interesting to see how, if you'll notice, you start to notice the breath more, you'll see how different situations make you breathe differently or even different people come into the room. They have an effect on you. Somebody might make you like more nervous. You'll notice your breathing changes or a situation. Mm -hmm. So you just start to notice how people have, you know, they change your energy, the change of your breath. Mm. Gosh, yeah. When you say about other people and changing the energy, that's um, a question I wanted to ask you actually, because a lot of breathwork sessions you do with other people. Um, do you think the energies of other people can change kind of the results in the room? Of a breathwork session? Yeah. I think definitely you can have a powerful experience with other people in a breathwork session. And I do feel like we heal in community. Yeah. So I do think that, like, for example, a uh, I lead breathwork journeys for groups. And sometimes we do this in events. And a breathwork journey is an activated breathing practice that lasts between it's like 45 minutes to an hour of breathing and it's very rapid breath and you essentially breathe. Uh, it's like a three part breath. And what happens there is after 15 to 20 minutes of that breathing, you enter to the theta brainwave state, which is actually the same state that you go into in hypnosis. And you're able to uh, really tap into the subconscious, let go of the controlling mind tap into the subconscious. And in this state, people often revisit, are able to really comfortably revisit traumas and let go of like extreme emotions that normally they're not able to tap into. And so when we do that in community, when we do that in events, it can often be really, really healing. Sometimes people that have a hard time letting go, they even hear like the neighbor right next to them breathing and crying. And that might actually allow them to then feel like it's okay for them to let go. And so that triggers them to actually be able to cry and let go. And so uh, at the end of those journeys, we always do a sharing circle 
And at the beginning, people are always a little bit shocked at what's happened. Mm-hmm. So they can, yeah. yeah, but but finally, once we loosen up a little bit, everyone starts sharing and, and sharing what's happened and what they've experienced, what they've seen, uh, what they felt. And it's very, very healing for people. This is a very um, powerful experience. So I do think that those energies of what's going on in the room can be really, really powerful. And when I've done breathwork journeys um, for myself and, and been in a group, listening and hearing and feeling what's going on in the room has been really, really um, impactful as well. And can it work one-to-one as well? Do you coach one-to-one on this or is it always therapy with groups? I do. I have done breathwork journeys one-to-one. And I have started to do less of the one-to-one breathwork journeys because they're really time consuming. They take often take, you know, the breathing itself can take up to one hour and then the processing and coming out of it. And then I find it such an intimate thing as well when it's one-to-one that sometimes it feels like I really want to, um, you know, if it's someone I, I prefer to have it be for somebody that I've been coaching and I know a little bit more about them. Yeah. And sometimes if somebody just shows up uh, not having known anything and they just want to really enter this deep container, it can be a little bit strange um, for me feeling like going so deep and so intimate with somebody right away, especially like on zoom. And um, so I've been doing less of the one one-on-ones unless somebody like I can tell somebody has really been doing the work and the practice knows what they want and they are ready to really release and they've done this, you know, these experiences. Do you think something like breath work is something that you can do on your own? Because last week, I think it was last week, I did my very first breath work session with somebody local to us and it was an experience like it was crazy. Like it was so powerful. I could not actually believe it. Um, but so powerful that I think I'd be a little bit worried about going to them depths on my own. Do you think it is all right to do things like this on your own? Well, I guess that's where, you know, it depends what kind of breath you're doing. If you did like a breath work journey, did you do the activated long breathing? Or what kind oh, of breath did really you do? It, it, no, it was more <laughs> kind of like like <sighs> that kind yeah. of so how long did you go for oh we did like five rounds so we do that and then you would hold your breath in mm-hmm. and then you would release and hold and then kind of bring it up through your body up into your throat up into your mind out of your third eye does that make sense to you? It mm-hmm. may not. It won't to Alex because she's she's not good with things like this. I, yeah, I am. <laughs> like, can, I just say, can I just say, my I am Christina. You're. Let's just put this into context. You're going to be doing a breathwork session for our community, aren't you? Yes. And I am one hundred percent going to make every effort to attend in a very open minded way because Lisa would be desperate for me she really wants me to experience a breathwork session and I am like I mean everyone knows anyway I had a lot of childhood trauma eh? I have dealt with it I think but I'm a bit scared that I might not have done and now it might all come out in the middle of a breathwork <laughs> session so I I am sceptical but not sceptical in like a doubting way just kind of sceptical in a am I right for it way um I've heard a lot of positive things about breath work and just speaking to you right now has made me want to come. I wasn't going to do that. I wasn't actually going to join the workshop. <laughs> I was just going to talk <laughs> was about it. it. But I actually, I am going to be present at your breath work session, Christina, because you've made, you've intrigued me. 
Well, I'm excited you're going to be there. Yeah. And I think, you know, well, the breath work that we're going to do is definitely not going to be a full deep breath work journey. That is a very advanced practice. It sounds like Lisa, what you did. Um, I think that's something eventually you actually could do on your own. And that's similar to maybe a more energizing and activating breathwork practice. And, you know, once you've, once you've um, learned a little bit about more about the different breathworks and what your body needs and, and really tuning into what you're feeling, you could start to lead yourself through those breathwork practices as well. And like my platform, Marie Rituals has those where you can lead, go through those and, and lead yourself through them, watching the videos as well. But once you start to learn sort of the different techniques and, and um, methods around it, like basically, like I mentioned before, when you um, balancing is, is equal parts, inhale and exhale and relaxing is when you, in, when the inhale is shorter than the exhale. So you can learn these things and you can sort of assess and, and help guide yourself through that. So you'll get more comfortable just like, you know, meditation or just like a yoga but the breathwork journeys that I do, they're called transformational breathwork journeys that are really long. I would say that that needs to be guided. I do have those recorded and guided as well, but you do need to you know, watch the whole introduction, which is literally almost 20 minutes introduction of how to prepare and be really ready to commit almost two hours of I'm not yeah. doing anything else, but this for that moment. And you have to be ready for that. It's very intense. And Alex, like trauma can come up. And so you have to no, know that. Nervous about that. Why is that? Not, that that like, wouldn't come up, you know, during a just uh, a breathwork session, like what we're going to do. I mean, it can come up and you can feel that, but something that, that should make you feel more comfortable though, around even doing a breathwork journey is that what's so powerful. A lot of people have said breathwork journey is reminds me of ayahuasca. I've never well, felt anything I was talking about. as intense as ayahuasca, but the difference is they feel more comfortable because it's your breath and you're in control. Not so dog, yeah. yeah, there's always a break. You can always put your foot on the brake and on the gas. And so the gas is yeah. continue the breath and to go faster and to go deeper. The break is you close your mouth because it's a mouth breath. This one, at least and you close your mouth and you slow down and you breathe in and out their nose and it all goes away and you relax and you are able to come back. So it's really, you are in control knowing that this breath is your medicine. You're not on drugs. Yeah, You're yeah. not, you know, and so at all times you can come back and you have the control. It's so it's funny right, what you're talking though. about. I said to you, didn't I, Lisa? After because after her session, we went on a walk this weekend, and I said to Lisa, "Would you do ayahuasca then?" And she was like, "I don't need to. I've done breath work." <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know what? I had a very very bad trip when I was thirteen off magic mushrooms, so I will not be trying ayahuasca. <laughs> um, it absolutely freaks me out. And I think when I did the breath work last week, I was. I was really surprised that I could go so deeply into it. Um, but what the guy spoke about, and you probably more know, you'll probably know more about this than I will. But is it right that it can release the, your natural DMT? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does release a small amount of natural what is DMT. That? Explain that then. So if anyone can you get in ayahuasca. <laughs> yeah, so how, how does that work and what's going on there? We'll get back to our chat shortly, but first let us tell you about some of the things that we offer at Be Sober. 
We don't want to bombard you with everything we do because there's absolutely loads. This week, we're going to tell you a little bit more about our membership. So, sober spring. We love spring. It's a time for new beginnings and what better way to mark the occasion by becoming a member of Be Sober. So, come and join us for friendship, support and a community that focuses on well-being and fun without the booze. This spring, we've scrapped the joining fee so you can actually become a member of Be Sober for just $14.99 a month. Be quick because it's a limited offer and our guest is going to be offering something fantastic for our members. How does that work and what's going on there? What I know about like ayahuasca at least and the release of DMT is that it allows you to activate the part of your brain which has uh, emotions and memories. And so I believe that when you're doing this breath work, it does the same. And so it allows you to go into that subconscious space. You are constricting the blood vessels and um, constricting the blood flow to the prefrontal cortex, which is the monkey mind. So yeah. when you say you're, you're actually able to let go, you really are because you're actually slowing the blood flow to this part of the brain. That's always really, really controlling the monkey mind, prefrontal cortex, and eventually blood flow will come back. So you'll be fine. But um, it does feel weird. And for that reason, you do get other sensations as well. Like the tips of your finger, fingers can sometimes get numb. Uh, your dog can get tight. And these little weird things can happen in your body. So that's what we always warn people before the transformational breathwork journeys. But I mean, I've done a lot of these journeys in groups for, and it attracts a lot of people who have had trauma, who are in recovery and who are looking for other ways to heal naturally. And um, I had one woman tell me that one session was more powerful than 17 years of therapy. Yeah, well, this is what Lisa was saying as well, that she'd heard there was a therapist present at her session who had who had said, this is more powerful than the therapy she'd done. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly. amazing. I feel like that, you know what I feel though, is from, from my experience, um, is that like when I came out of the breath work and I had all of that, Christina, my hands, my arms were numb. My face felt yeah. weird. And luckily it had been framed really well at the beginning because honestly, I'd have thought I'd have had a stroke in the middle of it. Otherwise <laughs> I was like, oh my God, oh my God. Um, but what was really weird is when, when we came out of it and not whilst it was happening, but as soon as it stopped, I kind of sat up. I was very lightheaded and I just burst into tears, like uncontrollable mm -hmm. tears. But it's not like, and I think like what you were saying, Alex, is you'd be worried about trauma coming up as such. But it wasn't like that. It wasn't like my traumas came up. It was like something was clearing, but I didn't know necessarily which bits of what was clearing, it just felt like I'd had this really inside out clearing and I just cried and cried. And I'm not a crier, right? I am a pusher downer. So there was a lot coming out there. <laughs> a pusher downer. <laughs> I am. I'm a like, oh, that was awful. I'll just pop that down there with all that. And I cried like a baby and I couldn't stop. Now, the Monday after, that was on the Saturday, I did a spring equinox and it was another breathwork session, which was a lot lighter than the one that I'd been on on the Saturday. And the girl next to me came out of it in absolute tears. And I'm like, oh, God, that's a bit traumatic. But by the Tuesday, I felt like I'd been cleaned from the inside out. I can't even explain it, but it, it's not like it bring, brought traumas for me that I could remember what the trauma was. Does that even make sense? 
Yeah, it does. Because a lot of the times, like I mentioned before, we have a lot of, it's kind of like residue. It's like toxic emotional residue that lies around traumatic experiences or just, you know, around our life and things that, as you said, we've pushed down for a long time. So with the breath, it's sort of like this little medicine that kind of comes in. You can imagine it's just sort of coming in and it sort of allows you and gives, gives you space to bring it out. Anything that's been stuck in there. Because when we go through that traumatic response, sometimes we get stuck in it. And when we don't allow it to have its full response, the body, its full natural traumatic response, we get stuck. And that's how people get end up with chronic illness, with chronic anxiety, with chronic stress, because they are stuck in a traumatic response and they haven't been able to fully do the tra- the, the whole, you know, uh, release the whole body release. That's why like the shaking is, is a way to yeah. release the trauma, yeah. dancing, all these different ways to release breathing. It's just a way to get that toxic emotional residue that never was able to, you know, complete its cycle. Really the traumatic response cycle isn't able to be completed. And so when that's not completed, it gets stuck. And that's when you get into, you know, all those different problems, which I just mentioned. And I guess people who have, you know, let's talk about our community, people who have been numbing out that trauma and numbing out that pain with alcohol, there's going to be a bigger release, isn't there? Because that's going to have been doubly suppressed, if you like. Exactly. Yeah. And as I mentioned, like in the beginning, like that's what happened to my experience. And so the first time I did a breathwork journey, I was actually, it was at the beginning of pandemic and I was in a container, I was on Zoom. So it actually can be very powerful on Zoom. So I was in a container of women and we were doing this, uh, it was a group course for women, 17 women in the course. And the, the guide, she led us through, I did not know what I was doing. And actually I was scared the first time I was like, yeah. am, I about, am I levitating? First of all, I thought I was like levitating. <laughs> and then I literally had thought that I, uh, entered into a different universe. Like that's what that's I felt. I, I entered a different here. universe. Yeah. I, I also found like yeah. the meaning of life. During that first breathwork journey, I was like, this is the meaning of life. This is why we're here. I'm in another universe. I'm levitating. And then I cried my eyes out and I came out. I did it in my, I was living in New York City. I was in my Manhattan apartment and I came out of my bedroom and uh, he's my husband now. He's, he was just my boyfriend at the time. I came out and I told him all this stuff and he's like, you're crazy. Like, what are you talking about? I was like, I have the answers to life. (laughs) It's true. That is what I felt like. And it's like, I came away and I was like, everybody needs to experience this. Everybody has to do this. Lisa said to me, she went, I have been part of the universe. <laughs> it's like, what are you on about? It was. There was a guy next to me and he was like, when they was asking how everybody felt at the end. I couldn't even <laughs> talk because I was blubbering that much. Um, but this guy at the end was like, oh, I felt like, it felt like a bit oppressing on my head. And I was like, a bit oppressing? I've just been part of the universe and you've just felt a tiny bit of pressure on your head. Like, what were you doing? I want and to do right. it. Everyone's experience is different because yeah. it just, sometimes people have a harder time letting go. So the more that you are in your head, and that's where the coaching comes in. That's why it's really nice to be led. And that's why you can't really guide yourself. And now it sounds like now I've realized more of what you actually did, where I don't think you can really guide yourself through that, where you do need to have either, you know, a video that you're following and a guide yeah. where you, you need to be you know, guided because um, those are intense. But 
depending on how hard it is for you to, to let go to really just do the actual breath sometimes people start to focus really on the on the breath and they're like i'm doing this wrong you know they focus on all sorts of wrong things and it, yeah. it holds them back from able to to go fully into the experience but the more you just really just allow yourself to just release and just breathe and just get into a flow eventually you just forget that you're even breathing vanity reasons now christina when you've got a room full of people and they're all doing this breathing you as the kind of people person leading them do you look at them and think what the hell is going on here <laughs> <laughs> like oh because uh, that, that's things that holds me back i think oh gosh what if you're looking at me and i look really weird like <laughs> Yeah, I think people do probably, you know, they think all sorts of things. And so the more you can just get out of, the, of your head. And I never think that. In fact, like my whole thing when I started this was just because how impactful it was for me. And I did revisit traumatic experiences and I was connected to my mission. I had one time a breathwork journey when I had deep visions and I was shown um, and connected to ancestors. And I was shown that I was here to open people's eyes Basically, I won't even take you into the whole story of I saw these witches. And <laughs> the witches oh, I want to hear this. Uh, well, I saw these witches and um, they were like guiding me and they were connected to the earth. And they had they were basically like in this desert and um, they were telling me that they were the witches of the West. And um, they came and, and they led me and then they were showing me the path of what had happened to them. And it was so sad. I was crying so much when this was happening. And I just continued deeper into this um, visualization, this, this this vision. And then they showed me what I was supposed to do. And they took sand from the ground and they um, basically said, you're here to open people's eyes. And then they blew the sand in people's eyes and their eyes were closed. And so they were like, this is how you open their eyes. And so the message though, that was received and what they were trying to show me was that like I'm opening people's eyes while they're doing the breathing, while they're taking the journey. It's the eyes are here. The third and, eye, you see. Yeah. And so their eyes were closed. So they, they were like, you know, blowing the sand, like very magically, like dusting it, like, you know, and blowing it all into people's eyes inside. People were just like laying there so peaceful with their eyes closed as this sand just dusts their face. And it was their eye opening here from the third eye and from the subconscious and from this other state. And it's like, this is how you, this is how you get them to see. Yeah. And Lisa so, loves you um, now with all this time. I'm like, I'm like, I'm looking and going, oh my goodness, like third eye, what's this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so different. Yeah. Can, can I just say, so when obviously the, our community is going to get a taste of this, what, what can they expect? Because if you're like me, I'm going to go to the other extreme now and you're terrified about experiencing your third eye opening and being part of the universe. You know, what yes. can they expect? Well, we're going to do a lighter practice. I am not going to be doing a breathwork journey for your community. So it will not be anything like this. We will, every breathwork practice is transformational. And what I would love to do in the breathwork um, with your community is to just show people how they can really utilize breathwork to support their daily lives and turn it into a ritual. Okay. That's what my whole space is about is making breath work a ritual because yes, the breath work journeys can be really powerful and really transformational, but you have to be ready for that. You have to yeah. be sort of signed up for that and ready to go there. And the first step is just breathing. The first step is just becoming aware of your breath. And so what I want to do with, um, or I'm going to do with, with you guys is, is really just 
take you through a meditation and a breath work practice and something that you can really take home with you and do that supports you when you're overwhelmed, when you're having maybe panic, when you're feeling triggered and you can use that as a tool as well with if people have got cravings. Exactly. And so So something that you can go to and just breathe and you can do by yourself. Whereas, um, and the breathwork journeys is something that I used to do once a month on Zoom as well. I'm going to start doing that again Brilliant. so that people who want to experience the breathwork journeys can join me once a month and it's for free completely. Yeah. And actually I give don- the don- any donations are welcome that I work with a women's shelter here in Miami. And so donations I give to them, but, um, so those are going to be starting up again and people are welcome to join me on the breathwork journeys oh, there. Yes. Please send yeah. us the details for them because there'll be yeah. lots of our members that will be interested in that. And we can share that Definitely. as well on the notes if we can have that in time for the episode. So that'd be good. Can yes. I, can I, because you, you've answered my question kind of then, but I, I, just to clarify, let's say that you're the other end of the spectrum now. So you've already been doing a bit of breathwork. You, you, you kind of know a little bit about it and you do want to plunge in with you, Christina. How can they do that? What, what's available for people to come and find you, go deeper, maybe even do some of your classes? Yeah. I think the, the best way to connect with me right now is to, to connect uh, to join my membership club. I can't speak right now to join my membership on rayrituals.com, which is a space where I have live and on-demand breathwork practices that really support you in your daily rituals. What I think is really important is to turn breathwork into a ritual, into something that you're doing every single day when you wake up in the morning, even it's just like one minute of breath. So I have every day, um, I have a schedule for every day breathwork practices on there. And we have new breath work being released every couple of weeks. I also have recorded breath work journeys that I've led other people through. So if you are ready to go there, you can do those breath work journeys on there. And it has an intro. It has everything to support you. It has resources as well. If you're feeling overwhelmed and need to call anyone, there's a page there that is linked out. And then you can also connect with me and, you know, send me a DM and I'm growing a community on TikTok, Instagram, which is Christina Ray Almeida. But I have right now, as I mentioned, a free five minute breathwork practice on rayrituals.com. And if you are ready to sign up, you can also sign up for the membership platform, which is only $6 a month. It's very um, accessible and it's a growing community and I would love to have you in that space. And you can have people from the UK in that space as well. You're you're international is Mm -hmm. fine. Yes. Excellent. Okay. Christina, this is probably delayed, but I just, sorry, Alex. I, well, I'm not actually, because I'm, really, <laughs> I'm not even sorry at all. <laughs> and it's not in keeping with what you were just saying. But what did you do before you found breath work? So, Panicked a lot and ran around like a headless chicken. No, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, no, I had, I had a, I have a lot. I feel like I've lived many lives. And so... I actually had a fashion brand in New York City. It was called Pildora and focused on sustainable fashion. So my mission was always to help the planet in some way. Yeah. But I've been, I've pivoted more towards really helping people as I realized that we really can't help. It's all connected. It's not that we can't help the planet until we help ourselves, but it's like a process. We have to, um, you know, help ourselves, help the planet, find that connection to ourselves, find that connection to the planet. And really it all came around. And so, um, yeah, when I was living in New York, I was 
really just like a functional alcoholic. Like I was very you know, successful and doing well and on the outside looked really sane, but on the inside was, was still suffering a lot. Definitely wasn't my worst moment is before that I lived in California and I was doing a lot of drugs and, and um, there I was really, really disconnected. And, um, you know, so I feel like my sobriety came in phases, which started about 10 years ago when I started doing drugs and um, was, actually uh heavily i became heavily dependent on on medications that a psychiatrist prescribed to me xanax and i was prescribed to like xanax adderall ambien all of the all the meds and um that started for me when i was in college and then soon after that i developed a dependency and um had a lot of really bad things happen to me and eventually wanted to get out of that space. And when I tried, I had a really hard time and I started having seizures from withdrawal and I actually developed epilepsy. So that's something that I actually wanted to mention. I forgot because I actually, I have epilepsy now, so I still take anti-seizure medication every 24 hours. And it's something that I feel really actually grateful for because I don't know if I would have really calmed down or stopped the path that I was on because I was in such a dark place for many mm-hmm. times in my life. And I feel that these, you know, seizures, these electric shocks that came through my body, almost like divine intervention that really changed the path of my life that woke me up. It was like my rock bottom that came many times because it took me about a year before I actually listened, but I did eventually <laughs> listen. Same like us. <laughs> it's not really hard. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, here's uh, a lot of, a lot of rock bottoms. And then, um, yeah. So, you know, I came from that space, but people that, you know, knew me back then and they see me now like, what the heck, you know, they didn't even, <laughs> I'm like, you know, a completely different person. So it's, I like to, to talk about that. And that's why I, I, I have a, my podcast, which is called power for good. And it's all about transformation because I do think people can change. I know people can change yeah. because I was honestly a really shitty person and I was very selfish and I was on a completely different path. I thought I was going to die before 25. I literally wow. didn't care about anything. And, um, and everything changed. And so long answer to your question of what I was doing, because I was doing a lot of shit. <laughs> that was a good answer. I liked that. And, it, and it's so nice because, you know, when we get to meet people and I love hearing about things like that, and what you're doing is incredible. And I definitely believe that it is life changing for people. And I absolutely love your story about your first breathwork session where you got told that. And I, and I, and I feel that, um, but what's really lovely and in a really non-sadistic way is hearing where you've kind of come from to get to that point because it it makes it more real. Do you know what I mean? And it's exactly it's yeah. kind of nice to see that vulnerability from you and know that, you know, everything that you're doing comes from a place of, you know, you've been there and it's something that's helped you and now you can kind of pay that forward and help other people, which is just incredible. Yeah. And I think that's what inspires me the most is when I hear stories of people turning their, their pain and and their challenges into purpose. And, um, I really connect with people like that. And I think that's what I've really tried to do. And it's just become my life's mission and all the things that I went through, all the painful, you know, the trauma, everything. Yeah. It feels like it all happened for a reason. And now I get to share how I healed from that. So hopefully condense it and uh, optimize it so that other people can um, use that same medicine in their healing. I'm excited, actually, because 
more and more through my sober journey, and I know Lisa's the same, I've relied less and less on medicine and medication to heal or in in all sorts of ways not not just mental health in all sorts of ways so I'm actually really excited to give this a go and I hope that it might be the start of something a little bit more for me because I tried cold water therapy and that doesn't really agree with me very much I did I looked like I'd had a stroke after the first time of that that didn't I Lisa that's true I, th- I think you might have done <laughs> no honestly my face went all weird I do, it was very I do strange. actually think you might have done it was but... very strange so I'd like to find something a little bit sort of safer to do <laughs> that, is, that is healing so but can I just ask you because you did say um a few minutes ago about um wanting to mention the epilepsy medicine and you'd meant to do it. is there anything else that you want to mention that we haven't covered in in the general conversation because we want to make sure you get that opportunity to share anything you want to share yeah I mean I think that was that was just one of the things I I want to speak about more you know it's epilepsy and I forget because it's something that I'm I'm just starting to speak about more and so um yeah that was I think that was it it was just that that part of the story that I'm starting to weave in a bit more and yeah. feeling more comfortable sharing now sometimes when I shared started when I felt uncomfortable sharing about epilepsy before because people feel People kind of get weirded out by it. Like when you tell people you have epilepsy, they're kind of like, oh. Yeah. Do it now. Please don't do it. That's exactly. Kind of it scares people. Things. Yeah. And I think it goes in. So I'm trying to, you know, eliminate stigmas around. I'm always about eliminating stigmas. And I think that, um, you know, epilepsy has a weird thing because people literally used to think that it meant that you had a demon because it's very scary looking yeah, thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And honestly, there's so much that they don't know about it. And having my experience of having seen so many neurologists, they still don't really know why I have them or why they stayed. And a neurologist once told me, she was like, if the if somebody tells you that they actually know what they're talking about, any neurologist, they don't. We don't know anything about the brain. Like it's such an untapped yeah. space. There's so much left for us to discover in the brain that they really don't know what's going on up there. And so that's kind of scary to hear. And I think that scares people. And you know, so, yeah, yeah people's... We're all mirrors, you know, so when you tell someone, it just scares them like, oh, maybe that could happen to me or my daughter, you know, and so I know that. Um, But yeah, I just want to be, there's so many people out there that it has happened to. And I think my main message around that too is just to be really careful with what what the doctors, especially here in the U.S., prescribe you because in the U.S., the doctor only has to see you for 15 minutes before they can literally prescribe you hundreds of milligrams of whatever a day. And these things are chemically altering your brain yeah, and they can chemically alter it forever. Like in my case. And so you need to do your own research and really tune into what feels comfortable for your body on the outside. When I first was prescribed all this medication, I was, I started getting straight A's. I started doing really well. Everything was looking really good, but I was feeling like a crazy person. And so I had to start drinking heavily at night just so I could sleep. Oh, and yeah. so That's another it, drug in your body then, isn't it? Another thing that you've put in. Yeah. And so your brain and yeah, it was the beginning of the end. <laughs> it was wild and crazy and, um, you know, but it's so it's just important for people to know that they need to do their own research. And I'm not against medication. I'm not against science. I think it's, yeah. you know, if you are on medication that makes you feel good and you feel comfortable and that's good for you and that's working, then great. But just do your own research. It's in, in don't make sure that the doctor is not prescribing things negligently and yeah. ask yeah. questions. And, and that's it. 
Yeah. Do you know, do you know what's um it's not funny, ha ha, really, but it did make me smile. It's like when a while ago Lisa was meat free and she used to say like, Oh, you know what? I, I walk into a restaurant and I go, Yeah, I'm sober and I'm a vegan. It's like, Oh, you've got the same thing. I'm like, I'm I'm epileptic and I'm sober. Like, oh, get her away from me, you know, like and I have yeah. I have it like I'm sober and I play the church organ. Like, could I sound any more boring? <laughs> 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 it's so funny yeah and it's crazy because sobriety has actually been the f- most fun It's it's been my oh, greatest yeah. high yet like I've gotten high in a lot of things and sobriety has been like my it's been like my greatest high yet Happy, which I think is so yeah. funny it's been so much fun and yeah it's I been love the greatest time that. of my life it is it's, <laughs> it is the biggest high you're absolutely right it's just yeah. amazing and the, and the longer you go the more high you get <laughs> exactly it just yeah. keeps getting better it really does yeah. and but yeah, that's so true. I think for me too, now I'm, I'm working with a functional medicine doctor. I'm really wanting to clean out my, my body. And so my, I, right now I'm completely carb free and it's been like the past, I don't know, four months now that I'm yeah. doing a complete gut cleanse. Um, so yeah, for that me, second like, brain working out. Yeah. Yeah. No, no sugar, <laughs> no bread, no alcohol, no anything. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> this no, woman is crazy. Well, I'll tell you what, they might think you're crazy, but you look damn good, Christina. Yes, you do. Oh, thank you. You're saying that, I'm thinking, carb clean it. Right, that's me. That's my name. Right. No, yeah. she'll be well, carb clean you know, I want to look the microbiome. after my gut. It's a big thing, isn't it? And I yeah, think, it is. Well, you know, the gut is, is directly connected to the brain. And so yeah. where I started this, this journey thinking about um, epilepsy and I was like, how can I make my brain really, really clean and a good environment. And a lot of people that have epilepsy, they, um, the, a natural remedy, actually a natural medicine has been the keto diet. Yeah. keto. It came from, was it Duke, Duke's universe, Duke university, was it or something? I don't know where it came from, but it's, it was from a long, long time ago. It's been like, um, it's been treating epilepsy for the past like a hundred years or something. And so, uh, what it, you know, it creates a, it it grabs energy from fat from, it creates ketones in your brain rather than grabbing energy from carbs, which creates a much more harmonious environment. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I'm going to try because eventually maybe I could get off medication. I don't know. So I just wanted to, I'm like, if it creates peace in my brain, let's try, you know, know, it's the same with, um, Alzheimer's. There's been a lot of research into the keto diet and it's now suggesting they call Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's type three diabetes in some places because they are suggesting that Alzheimer's is developed due to carb carbs, excess carbs in your diet are one of the the factors. So they've been doing research on on that for, with keto as well. Yeah, it has a lot of health benefits. It's a little challenging at first, but once you get used to it, it's fine. It's not a big yeah. deal. And I think, you know, I feel a lot more, I'm able to feel a lot more energized and focused and lighter and it feels really good. Yeah, it's yeah, good. Sharp. I could honestly now have another full podcast talking about keto. I know, I, I knew you could. I, I absolutely <laughs> could, right? That is it. Yeah. Like, I am so, like, my my sort of like, love and passion is all the science stuff. So let here we go now. Let's talk carbs. No, we won't do that now. But <laughs> I could. Um, we yeah, always have to But for sobriety, sorry, just to mention one thing, for sobriety, I think it's important for people to realize that when they are coming into sobriety and first uh, going into recovery, you know, a lot of people feel like I'm not like right in the beginning too, they feel so unbalanced and they're like feeling really unhappy and have a hard time finding yeah. joy. For me, that was the experience. I have a hard time finding joy. And we, I think it's like we produce like 80 or 90% of our serotonin is in our stomach, in our gut. Yeah. So nutrition can play a really big role in, in joy and finding happiness again and finding that balance as well as, you know, just 
rebalancing the dopamine that's in the brain. So there's a lot of different things that are, that happen in the beginning um, of recovery and in, in getting sober and finding joy again. But I think nutrition can play a big role as well. So I just wanted to I mention that. I love that you know all this stuff. I'm so excited to talk. I'm into science <laughs> and all that as well. So we can go down that hole sometime together. Well, we definitely need to do. 100%. Yeah, we will do, definitely. <laughs> we always ask our guests um, this following question, which is um, our motto is be brave, be kind, be sober. And which one of those do you most relate to right now and why? Be brave. I think I've been talking a lot about just leaning into fear recently. And I think when we lean into fear, we lean into um, these overwhelming emotions. We come out really powerful and really strong on the other side rather than running away from them. So that's something that I've been practicing and really trying to do in my life and helping my clients do is, you know, I feel that's true empowerment. True empowerment lies in vulnerability, lies in feeling our fear fully feeling our sadness fully feeling the things that people might label negative emotions yeah i don't think that they're negative at all i don't really even believe in negative emotions so i think bravery is leaning in is feeling those fears feeling those emotions and so something i've been trying to implement in my life lately and i actually just moved out of miami it kind of took another big risk i moved out into uh i got a five acre farm and so i'm out in the country now and so um I'm connected, yeah, and so I'm taking another risk, and that felt really brave for me. Um, it's just something I wanted to do, connect more, even deeper to nature. And I do horseback riding every day, um, so I do horse jumping, which is another form of bravery. Oh, stop <laughs> it! I'm so jealous of your life today. <laughs> I think <laughs> oh, I know it is incredible. It's just amazing what sobriety can bring you, isn't it? And bravery. yeah, I started writing again after I got sober, and within the past few years, yeah, it's just been like a whirlwind and oh, just connecting wow. back to animals, connecting back to nature, connecting back to myself. And um, but yeah, bravery comes through in all aspects. Um, Will there be some uh, retreats in this farmland, Christina, coming up? Yeah, I, I think that's what I would like to do is, yeah. um, you know, if people want to get out of the city, do like a you know day retreat, do different things. I'm going to get a cold yes, plunge, please. I'm going to get the <laughs> warm water. Yeah. And then um, the community that I, I got the house in, it's an equestrian community, so there's horses everywhere. Eventually, I would love to build a barn and um, save up for that and um, make that part of the plan for the 10-year plan, you know, so we'll see how that works out. But um Aww. Yeah, for now, I just got the space. I'm remodeling the house and uh, getting in, into all that stuff. So that's fun. But um, yeah, so a lot coming up. And hopefully, I think right now we're talking about planning a um, a retreat in this coming year as well. That is going to be a sober retreat. So oh, wow. we'll give you more on that soon as well. Oh, a lot of fun yeah, things coming yeah. Up. Make yeah. sure you tag us in all these things coming up in the future so we can share them as well with our community mm-hmm. because it all sounds incredible. It's been an absolute pleasure to meet you. I'm so sorry we had a kerfuffle at the beginning, but we got there, we got there, and it's been so lovely to speak to you. Yeah, it's been amazing. Thank you so much for having Thank me. Thank you. I and now really go and pick your mom up. With you guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to pick up my mom from the airport today. Sounds <laughs> good. And, um, and yeah, we can't wait for you to come and do your breathwork session with us. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, I'm so excited to connect with the community, to offer you guys some breathwork, some tools to support you through all those hard times. And yeah, again, so feel free to connect with me on Instagram, anyone that's been enjoying tuning in today. I'm Christina Ray Almeida and visit rerituals.com for more breath work and practices as well. Thank you. Thank you again. See you soon.
Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. Don't forget to follow us or subscribe. And of course, share it with your friends to help spread the Be Sober love. And if you want to find out more about the work we do or you want to join our amazing community here at Be Sober, you can find out more on our website, besoberofficial.com. Until next time, be brave, be kind, and and be be sober. sober!